Our new brake pads are really cool. You're not even going to believe it. Like, um, let's say you're driving along the road with your family, and you're driving along, la la la, woo. And then all of a sudden, there's a truck tire in the middle of the road, and you hit the brakes. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> now let's see what happens when you're driving with the other guy's brake pads. You're driving along, you're driving along, and all of a sudden, the kids are yelling from the back seat, I gotta go to the bathroom, Daddy. Not now, damn it. Truck tire. I can't stop. Help. There's a cliff. And your family's screaming, oh my God, we're burning alive. No, I can't feel my legs. In comes a meat wagon. And the medic gets out and says, oh my God. New guy's in the corner puking his guts out. All because you want to save a couple extra pennies. And <laughs> to me, it doesn't get out. Now. Sir. Do you validate? <laughs> doing today good 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 that's good I, I just got one question for you what's that i got one question for you what's what's red and bad for your teeth i don't know what a brick hashtag dad jokes by the way loving the mustache <laughs> oh, thanks bro thanks I uh, went to a Christmas party the other night. It was a uh, also an anniversary of my boss and uh, her husband. So congratulations to them for making it a long time. And um, he had a mustache when uh, they got married and when I first met him, actually. And so I had to grow it. Oh, wow. Actually, I didn't really have to grow it. I got lazy and didn't shave for like a month. And then I was like, yeah, I'll do a mustache. Yeah. Yeah, I do that every once in a while. Uh, so we're one week away from Christmas. We're going to record uh, next Friday, a couple days before Christmas. We're going to have a Christmas episode out this year. I think last year we skipped out, but we're going to go right straight through. Um, yeah, last year was uh, we did a quick one, I think. Yeah, we did like a bonus episode. It was we were only doing it yeah. for like we've only been doing it for like two months at the time, and we just decided to take yeah. off. But uh, going to start the episode today. Today is the 25th anniversary of Chris Farley's death. He died in 1997. I remember seeing the news come on MTV News. Remember that old thing on TV? Uh, Yes. I don't uh, remember on MTV News, but I do remember seeing it in the news. An MTV News bulletin by Kurt Loder or one of those fucking guys. And and Chris Uh. Farley had passed away from a drug overdose. A speedball drug overdose. Same one that killed John Belushi, actually. Same way. Um... Yeah, it's like an I, Eminem Heath Ledger situation. Yeah, except Eminem yeah. didn't die. No, Chris Farley did, and so did John Belushi, his hero. Artie Lang yep. and Artie Lang followed in the same uh, in the same kind of minefield. They both idolized John Belushi. Both uh, took drugs to forget, I guess, and fame took over. You don't like Chris Farley as much as I do. We kind of talked about it a little bit before the podcast. No, I, I, well, with me, uh, 
his big thing was SNL beside the movies, of course. And I didn't really watch SNL uh, back in the day. So, like, I always saw him as, like, a side character in a movie. I don't think I ever saw a single movie he starred in. Right. I think I might have seen Tommy Boy a long time ago when I worked at the video store, and that's about it. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, for, for all the guys coming out of SNL, of course, his iconic sketches in SNL, man down, the, the van down by the river guy, the motivational speaker, yep. um, the, the Chip and, and Dale. He was sketch. on uh, the Bears, right? Was he was he on the Bears. Guys? Yep. Yeah, he came yep. around. It was like okay. I think it was the early nineties. Maybe been maybe in eighty nine. I can't remember when he debuted on SNL. But yeah, he was like he was in like the last group of good SNL people. And it's notorious that him, him, Sandler, um, Chris Rock all got fired over one summer. It was it was during the time when Lauren Michaels wasn't there, or something was going on behind the scenes. There was a big big mess up, and that's when all the other people, like Will Ferrell, the late '90s actors, came in. Will Ferrell, um, Sherry O'Terry, all those ones that were in our high school SNL. But I I grew up watching SNL reruns. I grew up watching SNL, and not not because I mean it was on late on Saturday night, so I wasn't watching it. But the reruns that reruns I was watching with um with Mike Myers and Dana Carvey and all that and. And then yep. later on, I would watch the ones with Chris Farley. And, Chris, and of course, like you mentioned, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, Beverly Hills Ninja. Um, Who's in Black Sheep with him? Uh, Is it well, him yeah, and uh, it's what's David, his name again? Spade? It's, yeah, it's David Spade. They, they, they had two movies together. They had Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Okay. Uh, Tommy Boy... Tommy Boy, the funny story about Tommy Boy is they were filming SNL at the same in, same time, and they were going up to Vancouver to film Tommy Boy on the weekends, or on the during the week. And they would have to take a quick jet back and forth for like six months straight. They would go from New York, get there on Wednesday, do the read through, kind of get the sketches together, and then film on Saturday Night Saturday Night Live on Saturday. And then they would leave directly after Saturday Night Live, get into Vancouver on Sunday, and start the whole the whole three day four day work week again, and then do that all over again for like six months yep. straight. They were doing that, and. Uh, that's crazy. I mean, the amount of out of all the stuff I was kind of thinking of, out of all the stuff that came out on S at, during that time, S all those SNL movies. I think Tommy Boy, out of all of them, was the most dramatic of them all, and it showed um, it showed Chris Farley's dramatic role of what he could do. It had a lot of turns uh, in, in the movie. If you've ever seen it, his father dies of a heart attack. Um, very yep. dramatic. Very emotional. Um, out of all those SNL guys, I think if he had survived, he could have been a dramatic actor. Just like um, when Adam Sandler did the right, the Righteous Gemstones, where the hell not the Righteous Gemstones? What's that one yeah, called? Um, uh, I can't remember the one that came. Shit, I can't remember. Don't Kevin Garnett. Yes, yeah. yes. I think he could have um, done something like, like that easily. Or like even like uh, Robin Williams when he was showing his dramatic. Chops. Yes. I know he's not an SNL guy, but when Robin Williams would show his dramatic chops, I was actually talking to somebody about his episode of uh, Law and Order today, um, where he plays a guy at, based on a real thing, and he calls different managers and says people have been shoplifting, whatever, um, and he gets in trouble for that. Um, but when he was dramatic, he was yeah. absolutely incredible. And, yeah, and uh, think, Chris Farley probably would have been the same way. I think he could have too. Um, yeah, I, I think he would have been a great dramatic actor if. if he would be given the chance, and unfortunately, he didn't survive long enough to get, be given that chance. Um, another interesting note, I kind of mentioned it in our group chat, that uh, he had five days left 
five recording days left to record on the movie Shrek before Michael Mike Myers came on and recorded his iconic Irish accent with Shrek. Chris Farley recorded up until we had five days left to record, um, and because he didn't finish it, they had to re- they had to scrap his voice completely and redo it with Mike Myers completely. And it would have been a totally different movie. I've actually, if you go on YouTube and search Chris Farley Shrek, you can actually hear and see the storyboards that they had planned for Shrek at the time when he was doing the voiceover for it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just it's just a crazy crazy thing that it, it would have been totally different that Shrek movie. I don't know if it would have I don't know if it would have been the the same. It would have had the same uh, success if it was Chris Farley because Mike Myers had that at, uh, iconic voice. Add Shrek to the list of lost movies we have going because yeah, uh, first Shrek certain is a somebody uh, first half of this part of this podcast has uh, never seen Shrek. Yes, yes. So yeah, we'll have to we were... add that to the old forgotten movies. Um, yeah, I've heard definitely. the second one's good too. Yeah, first and second one are good. I mean, they're all they're all good movies they're, for what they are. And the first one's really good. It has yeah. John. Lar- it has John. Um, not John Larroquette. Fuck. Um, John Lithgow. No, John Lithgow. Oh, he Lithgow. plays uh, the bad guy. Uh, um, the goat. The yeah. goat Dexter villain. Um, but yeah, he before he died, he had one last chance to host SNL, and he was in the middle of his drug binge. He was really bad off. If you have ever seen the clips of that. He was sweating on stage during the monologue. A lot of the sketches the same way. He was huffing and puffing and sweating. He was the biggest he's ever been. Um, he was in, he was in a, he was in the he was in a bad place. And then, of course, you and I know his last movie role was Dirty Work. Um, See, I thought Saget. I've always thought his last movie role was the movie with Matthew Perry. He did. Technically, that was his first full movie, but the first, the last release of his life was Dirty Work. Okay, so the last release was Dirty Work? Okay. And, and I think that may have been one of the last things he filmed, uh, too. Or bit my nose off. Yeah, it's, it's a great... If it, it, <laughs> Dirty Work, If we, ha- we have a few things that are mandatory for this. Psych, uh, probably It's Always Sunny, and Dirty Work are three of the, uh, three of the main, uh, main things you have to watch to listen to this podcast. And Dirty Work is a classic movie, um, and yeah, yeah it was his work. last. It was his last. It was his last role. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just a legacy of what could, his legacy now and what could have been, what he could have done as an actor. I've already mentioned the dr- dramatic side and even the comedic side. I think about this a lot with people who died way too early. I think about it a lot with John Lennon mm-hmm. too. John Lennon died yep. in his thirties. Music, what would, music especially. What would have happened if he had another? Would they had another Beatles reunion in, in the eighties? Uh, Maybe. I mean, if they give it, if never, given it enough time. I was. Yeah, I was always bigger on Paul McCartney. I like his stuff. Yeah, but I was never a huge Beatles fan. You know that, anyways. Um, I am. Yeah. I mean, tremendous band. I was never. I didn't listen to them growing up a lot. Yeah. You think about oh, yeah. that. I mean the Doors guy and all those people that died in their 20, the 27 yeah, yeah. club. And of course now we have the 21 club yeah. uh, with rappers and most of them are trash, but yeah, what could have happened? Sipping on the scissor. Juice world. What's up? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's Chris Farley. I'm going to, I'm, uh, I brought this up. The reason I brought it up is, um, I mentioned it on the pod a few times. Uh, David Spade and Dana Carvey do a podcast. And they had a five-hour podcast talking about Chris Farley, and they brought in a whole bunch of actors and family family members for Chris: his mom, his brothers, um, and a lot of SNL act- actors. A lot of people from um, from Tommy Boy came on there. Um, uh, I know Rob Lowe was on there, and um, 
Yeah, it was a, it was great. I listened to all five hours, and it ended with what they we're should, gonna uh, end with They should do a documentary. They well, there is a, there is a couple documentaries. There's the biography of Chris Farley, and there's a I am Chris Farley. Uh, it's on iTunes. If you search I am Chris Farley, there's a documentary. It has his family on there as well. Oh, okay. Um, the Matt Foley that he plays in the motivational speaker that's based off his friend who was a priest, um, or a uh-huh. I can't remember what it was, but. Um, yeah, it's a, those are great. And yeah, we're going to end the podcast today with that same song that ended that podcast as well. Cause it's a, uh, it's a song that Adam Sandler has been performing in his live shows. Um, since he's been out back on, back out on tour in the last five years or so when he wrote this song, it's, uh, if you, if you've ever listened to Adam Sandler songs in the nineties, it reminds me a lot of him going back to that, back to those roots. So I will, uh, I will play that at the end of this show today. And, uh, that's my Chris Super. Farley talk. And we're going to talk about what we watched this week. We watched a little bit. I didn't get I didn't get into too much. We went to the movie, so we're gonna review a movie. Um, if you've been if you're anywhere that's not under a rock, you know what movie we're gonna review. And uh, but we're gonna talk about a few things first. Um, I watched Elf, my yearly viewing this week. I love Elf. It is the perfect feel good Christmas movie. I I think it has yeah. great music. I think it has, and, and I'm not a huge fan of Will Ferrell. I like I like him in old school. I like him in one of my favorite movies. Is Step I like Brothers. him in small doses, like in old yes. school or like uh, Wedding Crashers. Wedding um, Crashers, yep. But yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of his. Elf was good though. We watched it last year and reviewed it. Yep, uh, Step Brothers is one of my favorite movies, and it's not just him. It's him and what's his name that are just great as a comedic duo. But yeah, um, I watched that this year. It's just great. I love the music. I love, I love the, I love the story. And James Conn is amazing in that. Um, and he just passed away this year. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, another movie that I watched, a lost Christmas movie this week, was a musical that came out in 1970 called Scrooge. Um, it's uh, based off of the Christmas, the the uh, Christmas Carol, which I'm not a big fan of. The only one we've talked about, it, the only one that I really like, like that you like, is the Muppet Christmas Carol that came out in the '90s. Okay, it's, I couldn't remember if that was the one you liked because yeah, I like that one. Because yeah. I don't like Scrooge with um, Bill Murray. I don't like the animated one that came out with Jim Carrey like 10, 12 years ago. I don't, I don't like too many. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, the only one I think I've only. I've ever watched the entire thing is actually probably the Muppets one. I've seen the Muppet that one. It might be so the only times. one I've sat through and watched it all. Yeah. Yeah. I've it's seen a great it so many one. Times. It's good, but this is good too. Um, and remind, and I, I wrote in the notes that it, the music reminded me a lot of the gritty nature of Willy Wonka, the music from Willy Wonka. And there's a couple of actors from Willy Wonka and then this movie too. Then I looked it up a little bit further and sure enough, the guy who did all the composure for the music in Willy Wonka did the music for this as well. So, and I think Willy Wonka came out a few years after this, so it was uh, right around the same time period. Um, was Grandpa I'll, Joe in it? No, he wasn't. But the guy who played uh, Rufus uh, Salt's father was. And then there was a couple other smaller roles. But um, Albert Finney plays the plays uh, Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge. Um, and, of course, he was the father in Annie, Daddy Warbucks. Um, he's in Skyfall. Oh, yeah. He was in Born Ultimatum. He's been in a lot of things. I think he just recently passed in the last few years. He was in but, Skyfall? Yep, he was in Skyfall. He was in one of the no James Bonds. Yep. He's been in a lot of things. He's a recognizable face. Um, but yeah, it was a good movie. Good musical. Uh, not as good as Muppet Christmas Carol. Nothing could touch that, I don't think. But uh, yeah, 
that's pretty much what I watched. What else did you watch besides Patriots game that just uh, fucked you over? Let's not talk about the fucking Patriots. <laughs> Got my chili running hot. I'm. I wanted to break my TV. I'm not impressed. Things are not good. I should have been at the game. I'm glad I'm not. I had planned to go, go out to Vegas with uh, Tim and the Hump. Um, oh, yeah. That would have put me into a lot of trouble. I would have spent way too much money, so I decided to back off and actually do important things like get a new car. Um, I didn't really watch much. Um, I watched uh, Shazam okay. and Black Adam back-to-back. Um, How'd that go? Because Black Adam's now on HBO. Um, God, I fucking love Shazam. Um, and Black Adam's an awful movie that I enjoy so goddamn much. Um, yeah. but like, as That's you watch good. it, just the plot holes, just, they pop up so much. And like the movie itself, like I gave it a three and a half. I think you did too. Yeah. Um, it was probably like a two and a half, but I had so much fun watching it as I did again last night that it got bumped up to a three and a half. Cause I just didn't give a shit about the plot holes. You shut your mind off and yeah. watch, watch him fuck people up for two hours is a lot of fun um but that's pretty much all i watched um i will be watching die hard of course oh yeah next uh, next saturday and uh i may watch die hard 2 because that also is a christmas movie yeah i haven't seen die hard 2 in a while it's been a it's been a bit for me too yeah yeah you got me into that as well but the other movie that we saw a big blockbuster that came out this week we're gonna talk about a little bit now we're gonna review it fully at the end we're gonna give our quick reactions by one question, does James Cameron continue his lifelong winning streak with sequel successes? Yes. Now, I'm obviously talking about Aliens and Terminator 2. Yes. Which, of course, he didn't do the first Alien. He made Aliens. Um, but he made the sequel better. Completely different. But yeah, he did do the and sequel. Turned, turned everything um, And I would say yes. You think so? I think so. I think absolutely I, not. I'm glad we haven't talked about this movie, so I'm I'm excited to talk about it with you. You don't I think, think so? I think absolutely not. And we will get into the review at the end. I was not impressed. Uh, for three fucking hours. More than three fucking hours. But we'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, three ten. But, but that's we are, we are gonna review we talked about Avatar. We don't we didn't we weren't blown away by the first one ten, 13 years ago. It's a it's a good movie for what it's it is. Fine. Visually good. Just like this new one, visually good. Visually outstanding. Visually outstanding. At the time 3D blew it out the water and nothing has ever touched it to the point where 3D failed because nothing could live up to the hype. Um Well that's yeah. why they did 3D in post production, which was a mistake in most it was, movies. It cases. fucked everything up. And the in the over the over over saturization of it and uh, with televisions and everything else it was just too much and even like nintendo 3ds remember that shit it was everywhere oh yeah um 3ds is dope though it was yeah um but we are gonna review redo of the first avatar i watched it last weekend going in i wanted to go into the second one with a fresh fresh coat of paint i wanted to know what was going on i wanted to know what was going what was was happening in the second one and hopefully and hopefully uh, we get a 4K version of it. Uh, Titanic's yeah. 4K is coming out in the late winter. Um, Abyss has a 4K coming in spring. Um, the only movie he's done that's been released in 4K, I believe, is Terminator 2. Yeah. Which fixed he a read, lot of problems he re- he um, people that. had. Because, yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff that's filmed in the 70s and 80s, you don't, 
you have to be careful with 4K because you'll see things you didn't want to see. Yes. Um, like you could like especially like Arnold. I think I was telling you um, when he jumps off the bridge on the motorcycle, you could clearly see the actor yeah. not being Arnold. And in the 4K version, they they remapped his face um, so it looks like Arnold. Well, that's like when I watched the Scrooge movie. It was in 4K on iTunes. And you could see the strings that hold, held up Alec Guinness. In by the way, that yeah. movie had Alec Guinness, and you could see the the strings that were holding up. I was flying That's right. through the scene. Obi Wan, Obi Wan. Yep, I forgot to mention that. But yeah, he was in that too. That's the whole reason I watched it. But yeah, we're gonna review, <laughs> we're gonna review Avatar. Um, I will say that it had an original world, original world with a lot, a lot of depth. Uh, futuristic world, of course, set on off world and off off planets, kind of Earth like. But have this, they had their own little species that live on there called the Navi, humanoid, tall creatures, all blue. If you see, if you've seen pictures, and you know Avatar, you know these creatures. They have tails that that, that can connect. And they're to like things seven or eight world. feet tall. Yeah, they have these tails that can connect to things in the world, and it's all like an in, interconnected world, which you find out is like a living world. It's weird. It's a weird story, but it's original. Um, not a lot of original stories like that, and of course, it came out of the mind of James Cameron. So. Go for what you will, and this was his. This is his first movie after Titanic. It took him was it like thirteen or fourteen years to make that movie. So yeah, he had to, to develop the technology. Yeah, he 3D. created the three D camera. Yeah, he created that, yep. um, which a lot of people didn't use when they were making three D movies. Like I said, they did it in post production, and it just wasn't that good. Yep, and I will review the three D IMAX version. What I remember of it, it blew my mind at the time. I. The, uh, I the ambers in the fire at the yep. end, it felt like they're like you literally felt like you had to brush your shoulder off because you felt like ambers were falling. It felt, on. Yeah, it's and the, fucking and, incredible. And the and the warships coming through, they looked like they were floating right in front of your face at the time. It was great. Yep. It was the best. It was the best three D I had ever seen ever, and nothing has ever topped it. So my review of that is like four and a half out of five. But the story wise, going back and watching it this time, it's probably a three and a half four. I, I haven't kind of finalized yeah. on that. By the end of the, what we talk, I may may have a may have a better. I, I score for the first. So yeah, um, but of course, stars Sam Worthington. He plays a great crippled ex marine, um, and of course, he hasn't been in much since Avatar. He's been in a few things, but he was in um, Terminator. He was in a couple of other smaller roles, but he wasn't really in anything else. Um, you uh, you know who turned down the role, right? No, no. Matt Damon. Okay, that makes sense. Matt Damon right in the um, middle of the Bourne Ultimatum he, stuff. Yeah, I saw a thing today about Matt Damon still upset that he turned it down. Um, yeah, but that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense, yeah. And Sam Worthington is... I think he's really... I like Sam Worthington a lot. Um, Cameron's the one that recommended him for Terminator because he had just oh. filmed Avatar, and Avatar took like three years to do the post-production stuff on. Right. Or a year and a half. Um, so Cameron's the one that that said that he um that gave his name to the studio to do Terminator. Um Man on the Ledge was okay, but like he really hasn't done anything since nope. Avatar and Terminator, which came out the same year. And as as far as this Avatar series, the continuation of it, he's signed on to do the next four at least. I mean he's that's and I assume is. if his agents are smart, uh he's getting a lot on the back end. He should, yeah. I assume. Um, we're going to talk, talk about all especially that. Especially when budget. Seals were green. Yeah. Yep. 
and uh, what the box office was this this past weekend. So yeah. we'll talk about all that at the end. But um, when Sam Worthington goes into this avatar of this alien creature, because the U.S. Army has gone onto this planet and they've created a way for human brains to go inside of these avatars of these blue creatures that that live on this planet, so they can go in and they can kind of be like the people that live there, be like the creatures that live there and, and interact with them and, and uh, make them think that they're really part of the tribe, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's, weird. it's a weird thing. But when he goes in there, since he doesn't have the use of his legs, he goes into this avatar and he's able to feel his legs. He's able to move, even though it's not really him. It's the avatar. But yep. just the love that you see in his face when he's able to actually move and, and and do stuff he hadn't been able to do since he lost the use of his legs was pretty good. It was a great, good feeling in the movie. Um, and, uh, he becomes addicted to the feeling of freedom. It's a powerful scene. He gets addicted to wanting that freedom and he ends up running out of the building. He ends up running and jumping and playing and, and, and able to do stuff that he wasn't able to do before. It was good. Um, an original language was written for this movie, the Navi language. Um, I'm always I'm always impressed with that, especially like Star Trek and and the Tolkien stuff we talked about before when he did all the Elvish language and stuff like that. I'm always impressed with that. And like in the first season of Game of Thrones, where they created that language for the show, like I told you last week, that wasn't the language that was in the book. And we're um, also going to talk about so. uh, Way of Water too. There's a unique language in that that was created. I don't know if you know the story of that. Uh, the underwater no. language. Oh, we'll talk about that too when we do the review. Um, just remind me. Um, but yeah, Jake gives up living in his beaten human form. He doesn't want to live in that crippled, uni- in, in, cri- crippled human form anymore. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't. He begins not to eat. Um, he becomes malnourished. He gets skinnier as the movie goes on. Um, he'd rather live in the yep. dream world than live in the reality. And it gets to the point where the real life becomes the dream, and the dream is the real world for him. Um, I love that scene where, uh, where he, he's, she's like, I'm not letting you go in there if you don't eat. And so he like shovels the food down his yeah. mouth while it's intercutting with what's going on in Pandora, um, where he's, his avatar is basically about to get like run over by the troops yeah. or yeah. whatever. Um, I love that. And then of course he gets there just in time. Yeah. I forgot to mention Sigourney Weaver plays the leader of this avatar program and she goes in there as well as an avatar. Um, and yeah, every, and one of the lines he says, "Everything's backwards now. Out there's the real world, and here's the dream." So yeah, it's 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 a it's a cool concept, um, and it plays off at the end. Um, there's a weird blue alien love story, and they have tail on tail sex scenes. It's fucking strange. Um, it's weird. The concept of this is weird to begin with, but mm. well, I mean, it's basically Dancing with Wolves and Pocahontas. It's um, all that. It's all that people. stuff. It's 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 basically colonization. It's human instincts, yeah. war, colonization, and deforestation are the key factors, key points of this moral lesson that are taught in this movie. Um, especially with climate change and the industrial revolution, a lot of that is brought up in this. Um, the sacrifice that Sigourney Weaver's character Grace has in this, she ends up getting shot, um, and they plug her into this tree of life that that's connected into the planet and, and everything is connected to this planet um to the point where they can put their 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 
what the fuck? It's, it's like the end of their ponytail and the stuff to connect the things. And this is such a fucking weird concept. If you were to tell this to somebody, they think you're fucking nuts. But they put their they put their to- they put their ponytail into the. Can you tray. imagine James Cameron pitching this, just doing lines of cocaine in between every single story <laughs> <Yeah>. detail? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, just but yeah. all right. So then they take their tail, their their <laughs> ponytails, and they put them in the ear of these these flying horses and dragons, and, and then they can connect them. and control them. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But the, but the whole but the whole planet is like that. All the living creatures, all the all the trees, the fauna, everything is like that. To the point where there's this big tree, a living tree, and uh, she Sigourney Weaver's character is dying, so they plug her in. To they plug her avatar into the into the tree, and they try to take her real memories, Sigourney Weaver's memories, and put it into her avatar permanently. But because she had she had uh, irreparable damage from being from being shot, she ended up dying before it could finish, and her avatar became like a just a just a just a dead not dead but kind of just there. It was just just in. Uh, uh, stasis wasn't wasn't moving, so but Sigourney Weaver did pass in the movie. Spoiler, um, but yeah, the because of this, uh, they start a war with the humans that that are that are trying to colonize this planet, the Navi, and leader leader being um, Sam Worthington's character as his av- avatar character, and they try to remotely go in and uh, and take and take out these. Uh, take out these uh fuck take out these human this human base of operations that are trying there's like what's this i can't remember the name of the material is there's some sort of a, a mineral in the all the planets they're trying i keep wanting to say adamantium or whatever uh right yeah yeah is it x-men but it's not that it's and it's such a right it's such a it's such a stupid name too because it's exactly it's like unatanium or something was that what it was unatanium or something i think like so that, that sounds right yeah, yeah. And, and it was uh, it's just like it's just so right on the dot, right on the nose. But but yeah, it's uh, but the, but they start they start fighting back, um, and the native wildlife fight back fights back to all the animals. And the big bat, big battle scene at the end. What's that guy's name that plays the leader, the colonel? Because he's in the second one too. We're gonna uh, talk about that. Um, the actor. Do you remember his name? Scott Lang. Yeah, Scott Not Lang. Scott Lang. Steve Lang. Steve, Steve Lang. Lang. Scott Lang is Scott Lang is Ant Man. Yeah. Steve Lang. Ant Man is fucking. This movie. He's awesome. <laughs> I love. Uh, I love his uh, horror movie that he did that we have to review sometime. Okay. But yeah, Scott Lang. Yeah, he plays. Steve he Lang. plays. The, Steve he, plays Lang. <laughs> he plays the antagonist in this. He's the he's the uh, Ant Man. The antagonist. He's the antagonist. Bump bump. But yeah, he plays. Oh wow! He plays. He, he plays the bad guy. He plays. He plays. He no, plays originally I was supposed to be Michael Bean, right? Who I love. I love oh, Michael wow. Bean. That would have been cool. That would have um, been cool. Oh, I did watch Navy Seals with Michael Bean and Charlie Sheen. That's another one. But yeah, I won't talk about that. Go on. Okay. But yeah, at the end. Uh, the end. They fight back. The Navi fight back because uh, the they're going in and they're trying to. Pretty much burn the whole entire planet down, burning down the Navi's tree of life that they live on, and all this bullshit. But it's yeah. at the at the end, uh, Sam Worthington gets uh, gets this gets this colonel. Actually, it was uh, Zo Zo. Uh, what the fuck, Zoe Sadana, uh, Her character yes. ends up killing the colonel, and uh, and at the end of the and at the end of the movie, 
Um, Sam Worthington decides to plug himself into the Tree of Life, his avatar, and decides to get his his memories and everything transferred permanently into his avatar. And his body is left to die, I guess. I don't know where that goes. Yeah, I didn't really explain that, I don't think. Yeah. But it was Not like really the ultimate, ultimate, it was ultimate <laughs> the, the ultimate rebirth of life at the end. Um, also yes. hints also hints to Grace's character Sigourney Weaver being uh, her. It also kind of hints that her memories and stuff are in the planet. They've been kind of downloaded. It's weird. It's it, like I said. If you were to we'll talk more story, about that in the uh, sequel, yeah, this all but, yeah. this all <laughs> this all continues in the sequel. So we'll get into it. But I want, we wanted to bring that up. Um, like I mentioned, the 3D in the IMAX was fantastic. Four and a half out of five for me back in the day. Going back and watching this, it's oh, definitely yeah. a it's definitely a four out of five for me. I did I did like it. Um, I I will get into what I thought and why I why I think the second one is not as good. And when we get into the review, uh, yes, can't wait to talk about that because uh, there's one aspect of the sequel that I absolutely loved. Um, and a few things I didn't like. Uh, Avatar is a three and a half for me. Okay. Um, the story is still kind of, I mean, it's just, it's not the story is bad per se, but the story is something you've seen 15, 20 times at least, um, just, uh, put into one movie. Um, but yeah, three and a half. I, I did really enjoy watching it. Um, but I was like pausing to see how much time I had left and I'm like, I still got like hour and a half of this movie. I will felt like say it was coming to an end. <laughs> I will say this: Avatar One went by faster for me than Avatar Two, and that was a big reason Ooh. why my score is bad for the second one. Um, I think we'll get into it at the end. I don't even want to bring it up because it's just going to irritate me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's our review for Avatar One, and we will get into the second one at the end of the episode. But uh, we are going to do a because it's the end of the year. Next year, next week, we're going to do a 2022 recap of everything. But I wanted to, because the MCU Phase 4 just ended, I want to rank everything from Phase 4. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special came out a few weeks ago, so this is a perfect time to do the rankings of everything. You're going to do this off the cuff. I've made my list. I'm going to do my list first. Yes, I'm doing. I'm just doing my straight-up Mount Rushmore bonus. That's fine. Um, so that's four, so basically top five. In this list, I did not include What If and I Am Group because they've been officially removed from the timeline. Um, they're kind of offshoots of everything, but, but I did include all the TV shows and then the movies that have been out on Disney plus and the movie theaters. So we'll talk about everything. Um, number 16 on my list. No surprise because we didn't like it when it came out is she Hulk. She Hulk was not that good of a show. Um, it was, it was, it was not funny. It was not funny. It was not good. Um, if what if was on the list, I would probably be below this, but it's not. She Hulk is the very bottom of the list. Um, number two, which is a big disappointment, which I was surprised. You mean about number fifteen? Well, number fifteen, yes. Number fifteen. <laughs> um, it was a big surprise how bad it was. Was Eternals because I expected a lot more from it, and we and we got a lot of cool things, but it wasn't really, wasn't really. When uh, main thing I remember from this movie was uh, doing the review because one of one of the first reviews we did on the show, it was. and you being much higher on it than I was. But that's also a recency bias because um, yes. we saw it the night before. Yep. Um, and I didn't like it at all from Jump Street. Um, I did like the post-credit because we got the Blade tease 
and yes. uh, what Jon Snow's up to. I like that. But the movie wasn't that good. Yeah, Jon Snow was the best part of that movie. He was only in it for like five or ten minutes of yeah. that. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It, left a, it left a lot to the imagination, but for a movie that was supposed to be a, a kind of a tentpole, kind of a re, revigoration. Of, From an Oscar-winning uh, director, by the way, too. Yeah, follow-up to an Oscar-winning won. She had just won uh, Best Picture, right, the year before? Yeah. Or two years before? And yeah, it didn't it didn't live up to the hype. Um, out of everything, probably the hype for that maybe Thor: Love and Thunder didn't live up to the hype too. But we'll yeah, that was that. way more hype than Eternals. Yep. Um, number fourteen, Miss Marvel. Uh, for what it was, good teen show, but it just wasn't for me. And we talked about it when we reviewed it back in back in June, yeah. July. Um, wasn't for us. It was it was a kid. It was for kids. It was for teenagers. It I was, I enjoyed it. Um, I did. Yeah. It would probably be a little bit higher if I was giving my list of everything. It'd probably be a little higher than it is for you. Um, but I enjoyed it. It's whatever. See, the problem with this list is I like a lot of this stuff. It's just I have to I have to rank them because <laughs> I oh yeah I know. like she she Hulk I probably wouldn't watch again, but probably Miss Marvel oh, yeah. I wouldn't either. But um, number thirteen at Marvel stuff I wouldn't watch again. Miss well yeah that's you. Um, number thirteen Black Widow was disappointed. It was the first movie coming out of the pandemic. Um, it was a movie that should have happened probably four or five years earlier, maybe before Endgame. Didn't happen. Uh, a little bit too late. Number twelve. I like the story of. Um, love. The, I like the story of a black Captain America. I, I like that, but yep. Falcon and Winter Soldier just did not play out that well as far as. Yeah, um, it didn't. It didn't do what I like. I think it could have been. It could have been a lot more than a six-hour show. And we've, and we've so, mentioned that in our reviews, too, that a lot of these shows would have been better as a condensed two-hour movie. But yeah. um, they, they put too much into it. Um, number 11 for me, Thor Love and Thunder. Kind of a disappointment in the movie theater. It wasn't what we expected. It was a little bit... Uh, it seemed like time restraints were, were a were a problem with this movie. And I think it was a, lot, yep. a, a lot of story could have been told if they had... And with the, the, the reshuffling of everything after James Gunn did, got outed for the weirdo tweets he posted in 2009... Yes. Um, they had to force the Guardians into this film as opposed to like Guardians three should have been out last year. Yeah. Um, so everything got shoveled around um, before Gun came back. So they kind of had to waste the first twenty five minutes of this movie on the Guardians, yeah. which sucks because uh, I love the Guardians and I like the Guardians a lot more when James Gunn does it, and yeah. I like Taika Waititi a lot more when he like in Ragnarok he didn't write Ragnarok. He just directed it. Yeah. So I liked his, the fact that, uh, I like Ragnarok more. It seemed like he too jokey in it or something. Something yeah. about it just kind of bothered me. Yeah. Um, number 10, we're in the top 10 now. Number 10, Hawkeye. A lot of the Hawkeye I liked. I like Echo, and I like that they brought Kingpin back. And I like the Christmas part of it, and I like the scene in the beginning where, where it's New York during the first Avengers movie. Yep. But other than that, I mean, like you've always mentioned, it's Hawkeye. What are you going to tell about yeah. Hawkeye? I liked I liked Hawkeye more than I thought I would because you know I'm not a big fan of the character. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's number ten and not the bottom or the way bottom of the list because it is good. It's like kind of yep. right before the middle, and it's Christmassy. So I always love anything that's Christmassy. Always bumps it up a few notches. Yeah, uh, number nine for me, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Another disappointing movie that had time restraint problems where they had to keep it under two hours, and it just sucked. I think there could have been a lot more told to that story. I did like the horror elements with Sam Raimi that he did with this. 
I liked uh, I liked the scene in the in the in the ultimate dimension with, of course, John Krasinski playing yep. Fantastic Four, and I liked that whole entire scene yeah. where uh, where she goes crazy, Black awesome. Widow. But just the old like there was something, music. yeah, in the X Men, it just seemed like something was missing. It seemed like there should have been more multiverse stuff going on. If it's a multiverse of madness, you expect a little bit more, even though we mm. know that's going to happen in Secret Wars eventually. But um, number eight for me is Moon Knight. Moon Knight was a very good show. I liked Oscar Isaac in it, but it had a lot of slow points. Um, and that's the only reason why it's number eight and lower than that. Um, number seven, Loki. I love Loki. You're not a big fan of the Loki character, but I, I did love Loki. I liked the ending. I liked the week by week of Loki. I thought it was good. I'm going to round on him. I liked, I liked the show. It was fine. Um, yeah. I just, you have a, just for me, it was like the first time we see Loki in the Thor movies. Um, Thor's like this huge jacked up dude and Loki's like this little like twink. Yeah. Um, I always thought that was a weird dynamic, uh, yeah. for two gods, but Tom Hiddleston's fucking fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, number six surprised me when we saw it in the theater. It was the very first, second movie that came out in the MCU after the pandemic was Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Great movie. I like, uh, Simu, Simu Yu who plays, uh, Shang-Chi. I like what they did with the Mandarin Mandarin in it. Kind of did a Mandarin reboot, yep. and Trevor Slattery was in it. It was great. Um, the only thing I didn't I like loved was I everything like, until the end. I didn't like Aquafina. I liked the dragon fight, and I liked the after credit scene. I, I like I like a lot of the movie. I liked a lot of it. Uh, the, what what the did bus you like scene at the end? is uh, top ten in the MCU. Yes, yeah, definitely. I didn't like the third act that much. Um, okay. I wasn't yeah, was, a big it, fan of the dragon fight scene, uh, but I lo- I absolutely love the first uh, two thirds of the movie. I thought I thought um, it was great, and I, I watched the bus scene all the time. That's cool. Like the bus scene and like the Batman v Superman, Batman in the warehouse scene are two scenes I'll just go back and watch for like five minutes. Yeah, um, a lot. Yep. Yeah. Perfect casting for a character. I think probably the best casting, maybe even since Iron Man, as far as a character being a, a lead superhero. What do you think? What do you think is the best uh, character cast in a lead? It's a loaded Besides question. Besides Iron Man. Yeah. That is a loaded question. I f- I love Tom Holland. Yeah, love him. Good. Yeah, that's a good um, choice. Holland and any of the original Avengers. Yeah. Um, Thor was perfect. Yep. Captain America was absolutely yeah. perfect. That was dead on. Um, but as far as like the new newer people, like I'm not going to compare him to like Iron Man and everything. Um, he's definitely Top. one of the best. Cast. Be, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Easily. I- Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight is pretty fucking cool too, but. Um, yeah, he is. And we haven't seen enough of Blade, but I think Mahershala, his acting credit... He's going to yeah. kill it if the script is right. He's yeah. going to kill it. Uh, number five for me. We just saw it a few weeks ago. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. A um, lot of emotional parts of that movie I liked a lot. Some stuff I didn't like. Um, I liked a lot of the underwater stuff. I, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm not half, half and half with Namor. I like the origin story. I like how they changed yep. it. Um, but yeah, Black Panther, number five. Number That's four. The one. We have to see it again, though. Yep, yeah, exactly. That, we've only seen it once. Now we're on the top four. Um, number four for me, easily, was Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night mm-hmm. was one of the best things the MCU came out with since Endgame. And it, it was one hour special, less than one hour special on Disney Plus for ha- for Halloween. And this the, just having man thing in there, but the only the reason why it's number four and not higher is because it just left me wanting more. I'm not sure if that's a negative yeah. or a positive. I mean, that movie's awesome because 
that movie connects with like people that like us that like the MCU and even like people that like old monster movies. It's yeah, weird just, how it has that a, like connection, like a, comics and old 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 movies. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> paid homage homage. all those. Yeah, not yeah. only that, but the uh, but the movie making part of it and how they made it and, and the film and the filming techniques and everything about that. I loved it. So number yeah. four. Number three for me, we just watched it two weeks ago, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Mm. A lot of people are shitting on this, but I liked it a lot. I thought it was good. I liked the music. I liked uh, what James Gunn did as uh, as bringing in, kind of finishing up a story that he began from the very first one with uh, Kevin Bacon. I thought it was great. Um, and, of course, uh, sets up an emotional ending that's going to come out in May. So, um, Number two for me, we're going to talk about the best TV show and the best movie. If you're following the list, you already know where I'm going. The best TV show, number two, is WandaVision. Week to week, going I through concur. WandaVision. Week to week, going through WandaVision, talking to you. This is before the podcast, right? So we were talking about this. No. Uh, it, it was it during? No, yeah, it was before. Because we started the podcast was it in the. Yeah, we, we started yes, the pod- it was. Podcast. Oh, yeah, you're right. So this is the first thing after the pandemic. This was 2021. So yeah, uh, right after the pandemic. Yep. Uh, it was before the, MCU, before the podcast. The MCU hadn't had a new movie out in almost two years, and this was the first thing that came out on Disney Plus. It was the first uh, real major TV show that came out on Disney Plus as well. Disney Plus had only been out since November. Mando was first. Mando, and then this. Yep, right? Mando was the first week that, yeah. of Disney Plus. It was like Mando, then like a year and a half, and then we got this. Yep, or something like that. But WandaVision just blew it out of the park to a, to a point where the quote that Vision says in that. Um, what is love? What is I can't even think. Of, I can't even think of the fucking quote. Love persevering. I can't think of the quote. But it's a great show, um, and uh, it showed the acting chops of Wanda and the Vision, um, and the TV aspect of it. Every episode in the in the first half being a different era of television was awesome for a lover of television like myself, um, and. Bringing in Monica Rambeau, who I thought was a great character. There's that one scene in the very beginning when you're introduced to her and you see her coming out of the blip, which I thought was awesome. Going into a hospital yep. right after they brought back and everybody's coming back. They've been gone for five years in this hospital. It's, it's crazy. And, and the show is just great. And, of course, the Mephisto of it all started everything. The whole, where is it Mephisto? Is, is it Mephisto? To the point where probably chances are we're going to see him towards the end of the phase phase five but um it just blew it out of the park it was the best tv show and the best movie number one by far hands down could be the best mcu movie of all time is spider-man no way home um bringing back our childhood or teenagehood whatever you want to call it into these movie into this movie in one scene and when we were in the theater and we saw it uh we saw andrew garfield coming out of that portal it was incredible. It was incredible. Yes. And, and he got a uh, retribution for at the end, which I the, absolutely loved. That the retro- they had him save Mary Jane. The retribution was, was amazing and fucking believable. And two minutes after Andrew Garfield comes, not not even two minutes after Andrew Garfield comes in through a portal, you see fucking Tobey Maguire. You haven't seen. He in- looks like he rolled out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he looks like Harrison my- Ford in <laughs> Rise of Skywalker, where he's like, "All right." Gotta go work for four hours. Where's my paycheck? Okay, where's where do I where do I stand? That's pretty but much what he ended up being really good in the movie. So 
Yeah, very, very emotional, and the end ending paid off tremendously. Everybody forgets who yep. Peter is, reboots the character in a great way, still in the MCU, but nobody knows who Peter Parker is, but they know who Spider-Man is. Yep. Brand it took new... three movies to do an origin yep. story, and it was yep. awesome. Brand new, brand new Spider-Man suit, like the comic books, it's going to be in the next, the next trilogy, hopefully, if it ever gets announced. Just incredible. Just an incredible movie, and it may be up there with Endgame and Infinity War for me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my rankings. Do you it's have up there any... with, with me for infinity war. I think, uh, both those are way better than Endgame. Um, so yeah, I'll get into mine. Um, I'm going to just count down from one. Uh, one is no way home. Of course. Yep. Um, it was the one, like, uh, let me clarify when I say that, um, a lot of stuff for Marvel isn't rewatchable. I've seen most Marvel movies at least twice. Yes. Um, there's very few. I'll go back to a bunch more. I've probably seen this movie seven times. Um, I absolutely love No Way Home. Um, there's probably only about ten Marvel movies I'll rewatch more than more than I've seen them already. Um, but I love No Way Home. Um, second on the list is also is WandaVision. Uh, it was phenomenal. I love Elizabeth Olsen, and I have yep. way before she even got this role. Um, third for me would be probably. Sean Chi. Uh, I enjoyed so much of that movie um, and I've rewatched it a few times and I just, I, I that bus scene, I just love that. Yeah. Uh, you know me, I was always into like Kung Fu back in the day. Um, so yeah, I love that. Um, the next one would be uh, the holiday special. Yeah. Um, huge Guardians fan. That was the first thing I watched this year as far as Christmas stuff is concerned. Uh, I watched it uh, Thanksgiving night, I believe. Yep. Um, and it was just, it's fun. I've watched it three times so far. And then last would be uh, Werewolf by Night. Yep. Uh, another great little one-off. Uh, it leaves you wanting more, but it was done so well. Um, and I love Jake, you know. Um, so yeah, that would be my top five. Yeah, and I don't cool. want to get into the rest because it drops a lot. Because the other, yeah, limited time tonight. <laughs> yeah, not only that, like like you mentioned, rewatchability. Probably the rest of them aren't rewatchable to you. Those four or five you like you've mentioned, you've seen multiple I mean, times. Black Panthers. I'm gonna see Black Panther again a few times. Yeah. Um, that would that would have been my number six. Um, that's yeah. right up there with Werewolf by Night for me. Yeah. Um, I like them both a lot. Um, for different reasons, yep. and I can't wait for Black Panther to be out again. But I've only seen it the one time, so it's tough for me to yeah, throw it on a list like this. Yeah, it's hard. But but we did it in the, the end of the year. So yeah. next year we're going to cover the 2022. Maybe easier for you because I know you've been ranking movies a lot better than I have. But I'm going to go through our reviews Jesus, for the last. You got to get that. You got to get that app. I know. It's the greatest thing ever. I know. It's it's awesome. You should start doing that next year. End of the year, pull up and boom, your list is there. Um, you can move things around if you want. It's it's a great app. Yeah, I gotta do that. But um, yeah, let's I think it's get called Letterbox. Letterbox, that's it. Yep. Let's get into news. Yeah. And it's not a news segment without the trailer roundup. <laughs> God damn it! Click. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to put those together. I refuse, Kevin. <laughs> <Why? laughs> Because uh, it's come a together into one sound clip. 
Does Indiana Jones do God. one whip and one? I don't want to. I don't want to start talking about whips because I want to get. I don't want to get us canceled. So, oh boy! But just put in one sound clip. No, it's okay. one sound clip. It's I'm, easy. I'm good. Ten seconds. I can okay. do it. No, I, I'm, right. I'm I'm good. I've I've got I've got it. It may it may be a little. Do bit you though? You didn't have it that time. <laughs> you didn't have it that time. All right. So I'm at ninety percent with this. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it eventually. Uh, we're gonna talk about a few trailers. Um, they released a one of the final trailers to The Whale with Brendan Fraser. Um, showed a lot of dialogue in this. I don't know if you saw the trailer or not. Um, showed a lot more dialogue. Um, yes. The girl from Stranger Things is in this too. I don't know her name. Yep. Sadie Sink, I think. Uh, Max. Max, yep. Yeah, Max from yeah, yeah, yeah. Stranger Things. But yeah, it looks good. Um, looks dramatic. Looks like one of those movies is going to get all the Oscar buzz. So we'll wait and see. Uh, 100%. Yep. He, uh, so thing about him too is he's like one of the most likable people he's like in the Keanu Reeves as far as likable human beings yep. um in Hollywood yep. so I'm really pulling for Brandon Fraser yeah, me too. and uh he's a geek he's a, he's in Doom Patrol yeah so yeah I've only watched a couple episodes of the first season of that I liked it I'm gonna, I gotta go back and watch that in time yeah, it's not bad um, yeah. Another trailer came out this week Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Little teaser trailer uh, Didn't give up much nope, Didn't see it You tagged me it. Not watching a single goddamn second Of any single trailer that I can avoid When it comes to something like this That I love Okay Well it didn't, it didn't give away much Because it was pretty much already what you knew And a lot of a lot of uh, storytelling from the first movie um, You did see yeah. a couple of Spider-Men But that's it I mean Across Spider-Verse is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time yeah so with something like this i'm like i want to go in as fresh as possible i'm sure i'll see stuff on like youtube or whatever um but yeah i don't know if you're gonna go in fresh with this did you see the trailer for scream six? Oh, of course i watched the trailer for this <laughs> um because the trailer for, trailer for these movies don't give anything away <laughs> um i'm still pissed they showed a spider-man civil war that's when i started my trailer revolt yeah. so to speak but uh, Scream, but, the new Scream. Yep, set in New York. Uh, new York, uh, new rules is the tagline of the poster. This could, this could go one of two ways. It could go really well, or it could be Jason takes Manhattan. And no uh, a solid ten years of my life, I thought there were just buckets of toxic waste hanging around in Manhattan because <laughs> of that movie, which was filmed in Vancouver and is clearly not Manhattan. And there's about eight minutes of Manhattan in that I film. Won. I wonder the buckets of toxic waste. You remember, like all those video games in the early, early nineties, late eighties, oh, yeah. where you had the buckets. I think yeah. one of the Ninja Turtles game had the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that's probably where they got it from. New York City yeah. and buckets, buckets of toxic waste. <laughs> For some reason, I, I literally before I went to New York City, I was like fifteen. I was like, "Where's all the toxic waste? What the fuck is this?" But yeah, trailer for Scream Six came out. Um, Niff Campbell is not in this. For the first time, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, don't, that's yeah. sad. Yeah, but have, you know who is in this? Someone who I've been a big fan of since I saw this, and then I saw X the next month. Jenny, Jenna, Jenna Ortega. Ortega. Yep. I, I still, fucking love Jenna Ortega. Still haven't seen Wednesday yet. Uh, I'm gonna try to watch it for next week, but I got a lot. Of you should watch uh, one of these missed movies. We should do uh, X. We can do that. I'd like. We'll I'd like it. you maybe. Well, maybe next October or something, but yeah, um, okay. I love X, and I absolutely love Jenna Ortega. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this trailer. I don't know if I tagged you. I may have. Did you see the trailer for yeah, 65? Yeah, you did. And oh. Yes. And good, I huh? am Adam really intrigued. Yeah, um, Adam, Adam Driver. It looks like sent... it's Planet of the Apes meets Jurassic Park. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. This is 
everything in the culture in one movie like looks amazing. Yeah. It's got it's got Kylo Ren fighting dinosaurs and he's yep. in a, And there's gotta in be a big twist, I would assume. Yeah. Um whether he went back in time or forward in time and dinosaurs I don't know, but yeah. it looks crazy. And Adam Driver is awesome and it's just him and one kid, it yeah. looks like are the only humans in the movie. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, looks really good. Um, that's it for trailers. So let's get into the news. And there was some big breaking news this week. Oh. Oh, fuck. <sighs> I say goodbye to what we had. The good we we were given we were given something, Kevin, in in October. We were given something. We were given hope. You know what that S on his chest standed for? It stood for hope, Kevin. It did stand for hope. It what does did. it stand? What does it stand for now? Disappointment. Disappointment and sadness. And this is so weird too, because uh, we've had this talk before, where I absolutely love, Henry Cavill. love, love Man of Steel. And especially him as Superman. Um, another thing I watched this week was Man of Steel. Yep. I can't picture somebody else embodying Superman like he does. Yeah. He was. He was. I think he's but I I like his movie way more than the Christopher Reeves movies. Um, of course, I saw those later in life. Yeah. Uh, if I'd saw, seen those when I was seven or eight, I'd probably feel differently. Uh, but I love Man of Steel. Yeah. And Henry Cavill. Well, I'll miss you, bud. Yep. And uh, he's one of us. He's one of us. He is a geek, yeah. He's he a nerd. builds his own PC. Yeah. He's doing a show about a tabletop game now, or whatever yeah. it is. Warhammer 40K. Yeah. He, I mean, he's going to be fine. I, yeah. I've said that from the beginning, if he didn't come back as Superman. And... Yes, James Gunn is not bringing him back as Superman. And yeah. I don't blame James Gunn. I don't. Because he should have already had his Men of Steel sequel, or if you want to consider BBS a sequel, he should have had another Man of Steel movie by now. Um, that the studio just... Once he turned down the Shazam thing, yeah. the post-credit for that, the studio was pretty much yeah. done with him. What the, studio, what the studio did to him twice, three times... Gave him, gave him that 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 note that came down, the press release that came down that he was not going to be Superman anymore two or three years ago because mm-hmm. he wouldn't do the Shazam movie. Bringing him back for Black Adam because of The Rock, and then them telling him to go on Instagram and say you are back, you are Superman. Post on Instagram. Yep. No, no, no signing on. The I can't believe he didn't have a contract. Nothing. I can't believe he didn't have a contract. Like, just if it. I was, I would, so, I mean, I wouldn't fire my agent, but I'd have issues with my agent, who's also would, The Rock's ex-wife. I would sue <laughs> them all. I would sue them all. And, like but, you mentioned, James Gunn, his new his new vision is a new, younger Superman, first coming to Metropolis. He's going to write the story, not saying who's going to direct it, not saying he's not going to direct it, but he's going to be heavily involved in, in what they're calling the keystone of the DC, which should be the case which, anyway. It, yeah, 100%. Like I said, I don't blame James Gunn because James Gunn was basically told, come in and do what you want to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. So why would they continue to tread water with the universe that wasn't performing? Yeah. Um, at all. And one of those movies was his. It didn't perform. I mean, it was on day and date, so it went to HBO Max same days and went to theater. Yeah. So that's probably unfair. It was also rated R. Um, but still, yeah. I mean, why tread water? And if you're going to build out a universe, you're going to want to cast somebody that you can see being this character for 10 years. Um, yeah, yeah, but his, but, but his official. Have... Oh yeah, I have it on Go there. On. I have a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, his official yeah. word yeah. was among those on the slate for is Superman. In the initial stages, our story will be focusing on an earlier part of Superman's life, so the character will not be played by Henry Cavill. And of course, Henry, Henry Cavill went on Instagram. He had a post on there thanking the fans, um, talking about everything that happened in October, which I mentioned with the Instagram post that he put, that was told that he was told to post. Um, and he didn't have it in the contract. He wasn't, he didn't have it in the contract, but he was just told he was Superman, which is fucking sucks. And he got all the fans hopes which, up. I Everybody mean, wants Cap. He wasn't lying because he was in Black Adam. So he technically wasn't lying. But yeah, I think that's what really, yeah. and that's not on James Gunn either. No. Like, it, it, it happened, just sucks. Black, Black Adam came out on Friday. James Gunn took the office, I think, as, uh, as the leader of this uh, group. Two, like Three two weeks days later. later. I know that was like two days later. No, it was because no, because uh, Black Adam came out October sixteenth, and he he 31st. got the job. He got the job that week, okay. um, but he technically didn't start working till November third or fourth. Okay, yeah, because this this wouldn't have happened on his watch before. Yeah. None of that would have. And he filmed this in August, or so. He also so, filmed. He also also sucks. filmed the Flash, and we'll talk about that too. Um, DC yeah. Studios confirms that they've met with Ben Affleck about directing a movie. Um, huh. a, lo- a lot of back. A lot of back. That. Yeah, James James Gunn um, has met with him. Yep, and he has a script that I've heard is pretty damn good for a certain character, yep. and was never being put into production. So, could they use that script, tweak it a little bit, and let him actually direct a fucking Batman movie? I'd love to see it, because I've heard nothing but amazing things from people that have read the script or no people that have read the script. Um, apparently, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't... DC right now, I'm, I'm excited to see where it's going. I'm kind of pissed of how everything imploded on itself. And we still have Shazam 2, we still have the new Aquaman, and we still have the Flash, which is probably going to end everything. And the one I'm, the one I'm questioning about, Blue Beetle, because where do you, does James Gunn, obviously he's going to see the movie first, and then decide if that's in his universe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the kid's 21, 22 years old, um, so I don't see why they couldn't have that be... Maybe not the launching pad, but include that kid in James Gunn's DCEU or DCU. And they're interesting. Still, and they're still planning multiple universes. Like they're doing the other Joker movie. Yeah, they're finished. The they're Matt finishing Reeves off Batman. They're finishing off the Snyderverse, as far as we know. And they're also saying that the Black Superman that's coming from J.J. Ja- Abrams ah. is still in, still Which, happening. J.J. Abrams just robbing at this point. He signed a contract with him in like 2019. Hasn't done dick. Yeah. And of course, all the news came out when the Cavill, Cavill stuff came out that the scrapped sequel that had been passed off by uh, WB that they didn't want to do was Brainiac. Obviously, everybody wants yep. Brainiac. So, um, this this was debunked by The Rock, but um, 
of course, the rumors and everything are saying that it's because of The Rock, because of Black Adam being so poor in the box office and and everything that happened. That's why Cavill got canned. And, of course, yeah. Black Adam 2, I think, was canceled, too, was the rumor um, to all that yeah. because, of the, because of how bad I have. I just do. have a question for you. Have you... Have you thought about any young actors that would be good as Superman? You have to obviously consider that they have to bulk up for the role. Do you have anyone in mind? Thinking 25 to 35 range? Not really. I only came up with one name myself. Who? Who? Do I know this person? The only person I could think of, and we may get to it later, um, because is Austin Butler, is the only person I could think of. Um, As far as age range... Dedication. Like uh, he wants to be the Human Torch, apparently. Um, I could see that. But I mean, any in the whole Superman would have to get jacked, obviously. He and obviously he would, and has shown dedication to playing yeah. one singular role. Yeah. Um, that's literally the only reason why I thought of it. Yeah. Um, so. I think he'd be. I'd rather him as Human Torch, and yeah, me too. I have no idea who they would cast as Superman. I think he'd be uh, a great Human Torch. He's a good actor. So best best thing to go. Best thing is probably to go in unknown. Going going in unknown like uh, Henry, like uh, similar to Cavill was really an unknown Cavill. when he got Man of Steel. Tom Holland, all of those guys get get an unknown in there. I hope. Just... I hope that uh, this now gets Barbara Broccoli to reconsider the age range that she wants to cast New Bond in. Right. Um, he was picked by the director of Casino Royale's Bond. She said no. She cast Daniel Craig. He was also passed over for the Superman Returns movie. He ended up getting that, so maybe it goes full circle and he gets Bond. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but uh, he's he's being an incredible Bond. Yep. Um, Aquaman two budget reportedly now over two hundred five million dollars. How this movie hasn't come out yet is beyond me. It was supposed to come out like two years ago at this point, or maybe a year ago. Aquaman two? Yeah. No, it was moved from. Uh, it was supposed to be this December, and uh, Avatar took the date, so they moved it. Okay. James Wan had to work on post production. Okay. And okay. I'm so he's working on that. Um, and James Gunn and Peter Safran are working are exploring ways to include Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson's Batman into their larger DC universe. I kind of talked about it in our in our chat a little bit. I'm against I it. think they debunked that though. I think he said that he was going to be in his own thing. Okay. On his little Twitter thing he does every now and then where he okay. does like a Q&A and somebody asked him and I believe he said that he's going to remain his own thing. Because also if they did that Matt Reeves would be like see ya. He'd be gone. It doesn't he doesn't yeah. fit in a magical he doesn't fit in a magical nope. superhero world. He's he's a grounded detective character. It would suck if yeah. it was yeah. Um and the Batman Beyond movie would have been a return for the Catwoman character, Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. with uh, Michael Keaton. That was canceled. Um, so we missed out on that. But we did get a new picture of uh, the first day of shooting of the Joker, uh, the second Joker with uh, with Joaquin Phoenix um, being shaved in our Arkham Asylum. Shaved. Yep. Yes. But yeah. Um, and we got a first poster for Christopher Nolan's new movie, Oppenheimer. Um, about the guy who witnesses I'm the first excited. atomic bomb. And uh, yep. the big news coming out of that this week was he created the nuclear weapon explosion without using any CGI. 
it was an effect that he yeah. that he created to do this uh, this uh, mushroom cloud and everything, which is pretty. I'm pretty excited to see. So uh, he hates CGI, which is why I love Nolan. Yeah, um, he's one of those guys that will always shoot on film. I feel like, yep. um, if he can, and of course, remember for Tenet, uh, what he did with the jet, and he didn't use CGI. He literally bought a seven forty seven and just crashed it. So they That's only cool. had like one take of it. Wow. Um, which is crazy if you think about how that movie unfolds where you see that same scene from two different angles. Um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. I've only seen that movie once we, when we saw it in IMAX. Um, oh, really? I gotta, I gotta watch it I've again. seen it probably three or four times. It's good. It's good. Uh, I got the... That was one of the first 4K discs I bought. Hmm. Um, officially announced that God of War, a live-action TV series, was ordered on Amazon. Uh, it's been rumored for quite a while. A lot of people want Dave Bautista mm-hmm. to play the lead character. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Um, five Have you played of, those games? Uh, I, I've played two? one of them. I can't remember. It's been so long. Um, five okay. Nights at so five the, Nights, the last two are great. Continue. Five Nights at Freddy. Do you know what that is? Have you ever seen that? You ever played that? No. I don't either. But uh, Matthew Lillard and Josh, Josh Hutchington are playing uh, playing characters in the movie. I don't know what it's about. Some sort of a like robotic teddy bear looking thing. I have no idea. Um, another weird Sony story, another weird superhero that they're bringing into the <sighs> universe. It's fucking strange, but they're bringing in a, a, a cool actor who's already in the yeah, MCU. Love, Donald Glover. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino himself. Um, he's going to start a Spider-Man, as a Spider-Man villain in his own series. He's going to be producing it called Hypo Hustler, who I've never heard of. An, an obscure Spider-Man villain. Why are they bringing all these obscure villains into the into this Sony Spider-Man universe. It's fucking crazy. I don't know. But if he if he comes close to the writer's room, I would 100% see that because he is a great writer and I'm pissed that his Deadpool shit never got off the ground. The only thing the only the only thing that I can think of of why they're doing this is they want to keep the Tom Holland Spider-Man, they want to keep those villains fresh. So they're bringing all, yeah. bringing all these really bad 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 smaller characters to the forefront. Yep, more kinda obscure. Like, yeah. Kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy formula, bring all these uh, obscure guys up to the up to up to bat. Yep. But, um so the Santa Claus is on Disney Plus. Haven't continued watching it, but season two was confirmed this week. Also confirmed. Uh they played a trailer for it on Encanto. It came out in the beginning of this year. Uh Disney yeah, you animated that movie, movie. Right? I loved it, yeah. Uh, like they're gonna it, yeah. they're gonna be doing a live with the cast of the original voice cast of the original movie going in and singing, they're going to be doing a live retelling of Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl. It's going to be streaming on Disney Plus on December twenty eighth. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, nice. Party Party Down. Did you ever watch that show on on Stars? Um, no. Watched it on. I watched it on DVD a few years after it came out. But uh, new season comes out on February twenty fourth. They released a little teaser trailer of it. Um, the only actress that I noticed that wasn't in it was Lizzie Kaplan. She was in the first two seasons. She's not in it. But um, Adam Scott's in it. Um, Megan Mullally from Will & Grace is in it. There's a few other actors and actresses in it. Um, a lot of improv guys. It's a good show. Funny show. Um, comes out on Stars on February 24th. Um, Beanie Feinstein, sister of Jonah Hill. Um, she's been shooting this movie. She just started filming it. It's going to be filmed over 20 years. Have you ever seen the movie Boyhood? 
came out. I've never seen ago. it, but I've heard about it where they filmed it ever once Over a year for like twelve years. Twelve years or seven years. I can't remember what it was, but they filmed this yeah. boy growing up every year they'd go in. Ethan Hawk was in it. And at the end, I think he graduates high school or something, so he's he's a teenager at the end or, or a young adult. But they're doing the same thing with this. It's a based off a music uh, musical uh, Stephen Sondheim musical that came out in 1981 called "Merely We Roll Along." Um, it tracks a group of friends over 20 years um, with a narrative tele- uh, traveling backwards um, to co- to accomplish this without CGI and makeup. He's going to film Richard Linklater. He's going to film this. With every actor, every few years, for two decades, for 20 years. This movie's going to be taking 20 years to make. Um, and Bernie Feinstein, Beanie Feinstein, Feinstein was one of the actress, actresses in it. Um, and like I mentioned, Boyhood was the first first movie he tried this with. And he's going to do it again for 20 years, which is crazy. Um, Boyhood was a good movie. Very long, but uh, I love the... I love I the good. I love the, the way that, it was, that the, sto- the storytelling was told through, through film. Um, and, and having that same kid, seeing him growing up uh, on screen is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, uh, interesting to see where that plays. I mean, you're talking 20 years from now or 2020. By 2040, this movie's going to come out. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll be there for it. What, um, think about what about that? Is it John Malkovich that did that movie that's apparently he filmed a movie that they're not going to release for 100 years? Yeah, I, I heard about something. How fucking like cool that. is that? Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's cool. Um, John Cena and Jason Momoa are tasked to star in a rowdy new action comedy called Killer Vacation. And of course, coming out of Warner Brothers. Um, yeah. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I look by forward awesome, to this very much. By awesome, <laughs> you mean, yeah. Um, Patty Jenkins, um, had clashed with Warner Brothers over her Wonder Woman 3 plan, plans. Um, and a new report suggests that she may have. That she may have been the problem with the Luca, with the Lucasfilm's Rogue Squadron as well. Um, I didn't really read the article much, but I know that uh, I know that movie is still on. At least she's saying that it's still being in production. So I'm not sure. I mean, Ryan Johnson still talks about his movies being in production. Yeah. Um, but I mean, ever since Wonder Woman 1984, she's lost. It apparently it looks like she's lost Wonder Woman. She has lost Wonder Woman. Looks like yeah. she's probably lost this, and she lost Cleopatra. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Big, big. That's how bad mess. that movie was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big fucking mess. And just, yeah, just giving her the writing, the writing, uh, the writing to the second one ruined her. But yeah, um, yeah. Quantum, Quantum Leap sequel series, which I've been talking about beginning of the year. I haven't really talked about it in a little while because I didn't catch up on it, but um, it was renewed for a second season. Found out it was the t- it was the top drama ever on Peacock, and our second top drama ever on Peacock. It was the number one show I think this fall. So, um, yeah, renewed for a second season. Um, and Wedding Workshop is known for delivering some uh, some really cool visual effects. And I guess there was um, one ex employee that was t- taking aim at the company, talking about um, uh, allegations of low pay and and poor. Uh, a poor work working environment uh, over there in Weta. Um, Weta, of course, is the, was we talked about it last week when we talked about um, we talked about Lord of the Rings, and it was the group that created yeah, because they probably the put you on salary and then make you work fifteen hours a day. Yeah, they do they do a really good job with the uh, special effects department in that area, though. Oh yeah, so, yeah. And of course, uh, going into our review of uh, Avatar in a little bit, um, James Cameron's Avatar. 
collected $134 million this weekend in North America, uh, $435 globally. So yeah, it's a, it's a, they're saying it's a box office success and reinvigorating the movie theaters again. Um, we kind of knew it was going to make some money. I Yeah, we'll get into the review in a little bit. But first, let's do our Attitude Era Rewatch. Raw's War, taped from Durham, New Hampshire, about 20 minutes away from where I live, um, at the <laughs> UNH at the UNH uh, campus, back in December yeah, 15th. 30 minutes from me also. Yep, December 15th, 1997. Um, we probably would have went to this show back in the day, it's I'm fucking sure. crazy that they played at UNH. I know. Like, yeah, even... Throw that. Even the That's Cumberland insane. County... The Cumberland County Civic Center, too. I mean, it's it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. I mean, but um that's like where AEW would perform. Yep. Yep. Um but the Undertaker opens the show in the ring with Michael Cole. It's announced that at the Royal Rumble he would face HBK for the WWF Championship in a casket match. Um and that's we'll talk about it now but that's where Shawn Michaels gets injured and he's out for 4 years. He gets uh, knocked into the casket and breaks his back but um Kane and Paul Bearer come down confront Taker. Tensions are soon to boil over for sure. Um obviously WrestleMania is coming up soon, so we know that's where it's going to collide. Um, the nation comes down to the ring. The Rock takes over the microphone. At one point, Farouk tries to speak, and The Rock quickly dismisses him, uh, making it official that he's a leader now. I'm the captain now. Um, Stokol <laughs> stole the title last week from him, the Intercontinental title, and The Rock gives him an ultimatum to hand it back, or he's going to give him an hour, or the entire, entire nation will beat the living hell out of him by the end of the night. So that will play out at the end. Uh, Billy Gunn and Road Dog come out. Uh, Billy Gunn doing the mic entrance this time. Oh, you didn't know. It was horrible. Um, he was not good at the mic. He's trying something new, but it didn't work. I'm sure it doesn't happen again. Um, they're both wearing Eric Cartman t-shirts. I forgot that South Park just debuted the summer pass in 1997. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're getting into that kid market. Um, Billy Gunn jumps on commentary while Road Dog is wrestling. Well, Billy, I can just say this right here, and I'm such a man-to-man. You guys have been double-teaming everybody, and it looks to me, you've been called a lot of names, but it looks like the most appropriate name for you guys are the New Age Outlaws. At least that's my take on it. He said the thing. He said the thing. New Age Outlaws. (laughs) That's where the name came from. This is the episode from Durham, New Hampshire. Probably recorded in Greenwich, but... uh, Dude Love wins, but they brawl after the match, going up the ramp, and the New, the new Age Outlaws throw Dude Love off the top of the ramp and into a table below, continuing to beat him down as officials are trying to break it up. Um, this is going to continue into WrestleMania as well. Um, Mark Henry makes his Raw debut versus the Brooklyn Brawler. <sighs> the Brooklyn Brawler. Um, Stone Cold has He's left... still around. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. Uh, Stone Cold has left the arena with a camera crew. They're hinting to on the commentary. Um, Vince opens the second hour with Owen Hart. Owen has changed his look. 
Um, he, ha- he now has a goatee. He's wearing all black. Um, he's calling himself the Wait, Lone this is Survivor. Yeah, Blackheart, yep. the Lone Survivor. Um, the crowd is going nuts for Owen. And uh, he ends up speaking in his mind. He ends up speaking. Who do I think I am? Who the hell do you think you are? You won't think I owe you a an apology. I don't owe you a thing. I'm sick and tired of trying to please everybody else around here. And the stops right here. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm showing McMahon plenty of respect. This could get very, very ugly in a hurry. Now, my brother, Brett, and Neidhart, and Bulldog, they did what they had to do. And now it's time for me to do what I have to do. And that is remain right here in the World Wrestling Federation. I spent nine years breaking my back day after day to earn a reputation in this company. And nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to run me out of this company. And you know exactly who I'm talking about. He's talking about HPK. Um, And they're going to set up a match with them. Like you mentioned, this kind of went nowhere. Um, HBK yeah. does his feud with Undertaker and then goes right into his feud with Austin and retires or gets They in. could have had they could have had a lot of money, but again, like they're Austin had a rocket chip on his ass. Yeah. So at the time like this is all hindsight obviously, you know, ended up dying uh two years later. Yeah. But uh yeah, they think they wasted they wasted him similar to how WCW wasted Brett. Um, yeah. Where they could have had something if he was on a one man, basically I'm gonna get back at the WWF type deal. That's how Brett's angle should have gone WCW, um, and they wasted Owen in the same regards in WWF. It's uh, sad because yeah. he and he and Sean would have had a fantastic feud if they went on for six, seven, eight months. Would have yeah. been fantastic. Yeah. Um, Vince tells Owen he will, he will return to wrestle next week. Um, and he's taken out of the ring by armed security guards as the crowd's chanting Owen as he's leaving the arena. Um, with The Rock looking on at the Titantron in the next segment, Austin is on an abandoned bridge somewhere in New Hampshire with a camera crew. Yes. Okay. According to The Rock's Rolex, Stone Cold Steve Austin, your time is up. And judging by the simple fact that your sorry carcass isn't out here delivering what's rightfully the rocks, and that's the Intercontinental Belt. It just goes to show that you're as gutless as can be. So now, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you've managed to do something that you shouldn't have done, and that's pissed the rock off. So now the rock and the nation are coming to get my Intercontinental Belt. Well, as you can see, it's a beautiful night. You got the moon shining bright up there. You got the cars going back and forth over there. But you ain't got no one on this bridge but Stone Cold Steve Austin with the Intercontinental Championship belt. Rock, when I gave this belt to you, I did just that. You didn't have to earn a damn thing. 
Well, tonight, son, if you want to find it, I got a few things that I'm going to give you first. If you're going to find it, you're going to need a few objects. You're going to need, you're going to need your little match so that you can see under the water. You're going to need your little snorkel. Hell, son, you might even need a regulator because you're going to have to go deep. So I got you asked a little oxygen tank, and I really doubt there's any oxygen in the damn thing. But nonetheless, there, is, there the damn thing is. And I tell you what, Rock, take your little flippers because you probably can't swim worth a damn either. Here's a cell phone. When you find the damn thing, dial my number. And here's the pager. When you dial me, tell me you found your little belt. I'll page you back, put the 316, and give you the big thumbs up. Right? You're the biggest piece of trash I ever saw. It hurts me to do this, but I really don't give a damn about you or the WWF, so I'll see you a little belt later. Oh, my. No! There goes the belt! And that's the bottom line. Because the 316 sets up. You piece of trash. Let him swim out there and find a damn thing. If he's lucky, he'll find it. If he don't, maybe he'll drown. I really don't give a damn what he does. <laughs> you mentioned that last week. Uh, where's the title? Get thrown over the bridge. Well, there you go. I remember I remember specifically my father. Sorry, I had to put the cat down. I love you, Dad. But he wouldn't take me to try to dive in and find that title after... It was thrown over the bridge. I, I asked him, and he said, no, we're not going to go swimming in the Biscataqua River looking for a title. Really unfortunate. I could have that on my mantle. It could yeah. be on my shelf. But yeah, it happened right in New Hampshire. Um, Vince yep. has a tape segment air that talks about how WF is entering a new form of entertainment, opening up the creative envelope, uh, one that takes influence from TV, film, and pop culture and is more gritty and adult. And he brags about how the ratings are at an all-time high with a new formula is working, uh, denouncing the old ways a little bit the of that. The WWF extends far beyond the strict confines of sports presentation into the wide-open environment of broad-based entertainment. We borrow from such program niches like soap operas, like the Days of Our Lives, or music videos such as those on MTV, daytime talk shows like Jerry Springer and others. Cartoons like the King of the Hill on Fox, sitcoms like Seinfeld, and other widely accepted forms of television entertainment. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of good guys versus bad guys. Surely the era of the superhero who urged you to say your prayers and take your vitamins is definitely passé. Therefore, we've embarked upon a far more innovative and contemporary creative campaign that is far more invigorating and extemporaneous than ever before. However, due to the live nature of Raw and the War Zone, we encourage some degree of parental discretion as it relates to the younger audience allowed to stay up late. I'm happy to say that this new vibrant creative direction has resulted in a huge increase in television viewership, for which we thank USA Network and TSN for allowing us to have the creative freedom, but most especially... We would like to thank you for watching. So yeah, they're going into the Attitude Era. This is kind of the pronouncement of that. I I chuckled at that because uh, Vinny Russo has multiple, multiple times he has talked about how he used to get to Vince's house and just watch Jerry Springer while he was writing the entire show. Yeah. Like that's all tell. he and Bruce Pritchard would watch. You could tell. And that's, that's why that was... he had Marcus Bagwell's mother on a pull match. Oh boy. In WCW, but still. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> um, and the main event he put was... his on a pull. Yeah. A 
hole. His mother was basically a flag. Was put on a pole. I still can't believe that match is, exists. Yeah. You can go watch it. You know what I was thinking before we get done with the atmosphere? What movie we should review for a, re- a movie re-review? Um, we should ready do, to rumble? Yeah, we should do Ready to Rumble. It's been a year since I've seen it. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was um, going to say. Yeah, that obviously popped into my head first. So that, and uh, we should do No Holds Barred back-to-back weeks. We should do we should do a double feature with <laughs> No Holds Barred. <laughs> I like Ready okay. to Rumble. It's fun. Yep. Uh, main event. Although was they next... decided to take stuff from that movie and make it real storylines. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about. Sense. We'll talk about all that. That'd be, that'd be a good review. We, yeah, um, we gotta do that. We gotta do Ready to Rumble. Main event is DX versus Legion of Doom. Um, at the end of the match, the Outlaws come down. Road Dog pours something onto a towel and covers Hawk's face with it as it knocks him unconscious. You can't make this up unless you're Vince Russo. Billy Gunn shaves off Hawk's mohawk as DX look on, laughing their asses off. Then all five of them toss Animal with a power bomb, crashing into the announce table. Um, DX and the Outlaws continue beating down an unconscious Hawk, flying from the tr- top turnbuckle. All five are continuous celebration as cameras go off the air. HPH uh, giving his approval of how the Outlaws did in their te- uh, in their team up, kind of doing the applause and everything. Uh, but yeah, that was the end of the night. And now, let's get into our review of the night. Hold on, real quick, real quick, real quick. Hold on. Go ahead. One last thing about Vince Russo, since it's on my mind. He went from managing a blockbuster to managing (laughs) the creative department of the World (laughs) Wrestling Federation. (laughs) Alright, that's enough. Go on. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) enough wrestling for tonight. So let's get into our spoiler. Our spoiler-filled review for Avatar The Way of Water. So we talked about the first one. So you, we don't need to give too much of an introduction to this. It's a continuation of it. Came out 13 years after the first one. Um, I did not like it that much. It was three hours. It was definitely long, and there was a. I liked. Let me get. Let me get this out. I liked the beginning. I liked parts of the end. I hated the middle. Way yep. too long. The middle was a problem. It was a, it problem. Is a problem. It was. You know what? It, you know what I thought of the entire time. Um, that scene in Jurassic Park where they see the dinosaurs for the first time, the camera pans up, you see the brontosaurus, and it's like this this wonder, this excitement that it's it's in your like as you feel what grand feelings seeing dinosaurs for the first time. Yep. They did that here, but they did it for an hour. Yeah. They didn't do it for five minutes, they did it for a fucking hour yep. in the middle of this movie. And I'm just like, this is cool. Visually, it's awesome. But can we move past this now? Yep. Like, I feel like that could have been, if you wanted to have that scene, it could have been cut to at least a half an hour. Yeah. The The middle of this movie just dragged. Yeah. Um, and that's my biggest issue with it. Yeah, that's my, that's my, that was my big issue of it, too. Like you mentioned, yeah. and, I, and I will I put this caveat, caveat, caveat out there right now. Visually stunning movie. Technology has gotten to the yep. point where you see the raindrops on these characters' faces. It looks real. looks like a real character, even though you know they're CGI. looks real. 
getting the technology is yeah. getting there. James Cameron's done done an amazing job with that, and using this thirteen years of behind the scenes doing shit to get this technology right. And of Perfect. course, the rumor always was that uh, they would be doing that. It took so long. The original rumor was it took so long because they were trying to do three uh, D without the glasses. Yeah, which that would cause a whole other sort of issues as far as movie they'd theater. have to replace movie screens. Yeah, <laughs> and it would cost. It was like when McDonald's started serving pizza and they had to expand the drive window because the pizza box boxes didn't fit through the drive through window. Um, they would have had to expand. They would have had to do that, change movie screens. It would have been a whole mess. It would have been a mess. But yeah, I I didn't like the movie because of the middle. Middle. I like the beginning part, um, for what I remember of it. I'm also gonna put this caveat out there. Kevin knows this. My cat literally died an hour. Yes. Before this movie, before we went to the movies, I had to go to the vet, take her there, get her cremated, and then drive to Portsmouth to go watch this movie with him. I wasn't in the right mindset for this movie, yeah. But I'm not going to let that That's play out this review. I'm not going to let this play out this review because I went in here trying to forget that this movie was not good. I didn't. I I think taking 13 years to write this type of movie, it should have been a lot better. It should have been a lot more epic story wise than visually. And I think he failed. And if you're if you're if you were to, if you were to talk like Terminator Two, and Compared to Terminator One and what he did to ter- to make that turnaround and make it a whole different genre, almost a sci-fi genre, he didn't do that with this movie, which I was kind of hoping he would. That's why I put that question on there before we even saw the movie in the beginning. It did it did this continue with sequel success? And I don't think it did. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much. I want to get your opinion on it first before we get into the, the, de- to the de- a few of the details. But what what were your thoughts? I have uh, I have similar thoughts to you, but the it's been so long since James Cameron did legitimate action, and the last hour of that movie was fucking amazing. The action was superb. I loved how he had elements of the claustrophobia you felt during scenes in Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, I love that. Um, a lot of it was very abyss. Like also those little things floating in the water were very abyss. Like, um, to me while I was watching it. Yeah. Um, but for me, like the last, like the entire time I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, the end better be spectacular for this to pay off. And I think the end did that because of how much action was in the end. Um, it had been so long, like I said, since he had done straight action that I was just blown away uh, and forgot how good. Like, there's nobody that does action like James Cameron. Nobody yeah. on this planet that can film action like that. And I thought the movie was visually stunning. Um, very poorly done in the middle. Like I said, this movie did not have to be three hours. It could have easily been 2.15 and had the same effect on you. Um, But yeah, I mean, just the action to me in the last act paid off. Um, I was talking to my brother-in-law about it because he's coming up and he's going to see it when he's here for Christmas. And I was like, I'll go with you, but I'll drop you off and go grab lunch and then come back for the last hour of the movie. Um, Because I absolutely loved it. Uh, Sam Worthington was good. Uh, I liked 
the kid in it, surprisingly. Um, and I loved uh, Steve Lang. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's yeah, a good actor anyways. And uh, what's her name that plays the wife of Sam Worthington? Uh, Zoe... So, so, so Saldana. Saldana. Yeah. She was awesome in the last yeah. act. Yeah. She was like when she had Grief. the knife to the kid's throat. Yeah. And she was just the way that they're able to emote so much anger with just nothing but whatever they're using to get the effect. I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. And this is a movie where I'm going to buy it on 4K and probably watch that last hour multiple times. Yeah. I may not ever watch the entire movie from start to finish again, but I'm going to watch that sequence multiple times. Yeah. And also, if you had asked me if I was excited for the next for another Avatar after seeing the first one in 2009, I would have said no. But now I am actually for the third Avatar, which is also which is they brought weird. up. But they all bring up the budget of this movie. That movie and this movie filmed simultaneously. So, according to Sam Worthington, that movie is 85% done. James Cameron has three different endings, depending on how much money this one makes, and if they can go on and do a fourth and a fifth one. So, they just have to film the ending, and obviously post-production. So, technically, we could be getting the next one in, like, two, maybe three years tops, Mm -hmm. depending on what happens with this one, because this has to make a ton of money to get... I think the third one's going to be done, no matter what. Yeah, but I don't think he. I think he he'll change the ending to the third one. Obviously, if he can't do a fourth and a fifth, right? Um, but I, like I said, I really enjoyed that last hour, and that brought it up for me. Yeah, this definitely leaves off on cliffhangers. Uh, let's get into the details of it a little bit, not not a ton. I mean, you can go watch the movie. I mean, if you're listening to this review, chances are you've already seen it, um, unless you don't give a shit and just want to listen. But um, get into the <laughs> details. It's set in in world about thirteen years. After the first one, it's it's in real time. Um, he's developed a family on on Pandora with Zosadana's character. They have f- they have four kids, yep. and Sigourney Weaver's daughter. Her character has a daughter. When she was an Which, Avatar, she was pregnant. I think will be a big part of the third one. And you're not sure who the father is. It was somebody. Uh, somebody yeah, in that's going to be a big thing. Yep, and uh, she ends up having. They Probably end up- like this too. Is I don't know anyone's name. Like I don't. A single person's name outside that's, of Jake's that, that's, that's why I call him by that's why I call him by the actor's name because I don't have any idea. Um, Jake Sully, that's it. And uh, Natiri, and well, I don't even, I'm going to try because I don't know. But uh, but yeah, they end up saving this it baby. Isn't they, they end up they end up saving the baby, and she grows up and becomes a adopted child to Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana's family. And was um, that? That was actually Sigourney Weaver, it was, right? It was Sigourney Weaver doing as the, voice. the kid. Okay. Yep. Um, and uh, and uh, and they actually show Sigourney Weaver's avatar sitting in a like a back to tank, and uh, she's sitting yes. in there in stasis, waiting for her to be re-uploaded. So I'm sure that'll play another part in one of these sequels coming up. Because like I mentioned in the in the in the Avatar one um, review, her memories and everything were uploaded into this world. At least that's what it was hinted to in the first movie. After she, yep. right before she passed, and and uh, and there is one scene where the daughter goes into this tree of life, into this world, and she sees her. She sees her mother, Sigourney Weaver, sitting at a desk uh, working in a laboratory, yep. and uh, she she ends up having a seizure when she contacts her, um, and for some reason she's this uh, girl 
Sigourney Weaver's daughter is connected to this world. She she can kind of control the creatures of it. She can control the fauna. Um, it, I like very, how I love the uh, the half breed thing, where yes, they didn't have, have as many fingers, fingers as they, as regular. Yeah, they had four fingers. Yeah. Um, so all of Jake's kids have four fingers because they're all half breeds. That's cool. Because they're yeah, not true cool. Pandoras. And so another Pandorians. Another cool aspect of this movie is Stephen Lang's character died in the first movie. However, the U.S. Yes. Army downloaded his memories, and they have done basically before what the last were... battle when he fights Jake Scully. Yep, basically what they did is his whole entire platoon. The memories were implanted into avatars of their own self. Um, so there's an army of avatars set out to. Go back to Pandora, take it over, and kill Jake Sully for pretty much running yes. everyone out of the out of the uh, planet, off the planet. And that's the basic that's the basic premise of the ant- antagonist of the story. He basically just wants Jake Sully. He doesn't, or Jake yeah. Sully. He doesn't really care about the rest. He just he'll do anything to to yeah. kill. That's Jake. it. That's that's his. That's his. And then he ends up finding his 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 uh, decomposing body decomposed body at this point of a skull of him from yes. where uh, Zosadana put the arrows through him and killed him in the first movie. He ends up finding himself, crushes his skull, grabs his uh, his army tags, and also in this movie you find out that he had, the colonel had a son that was left on Pandora ended up staying on Pandora and was raised by Jake Scully, kind of as an adopted son as well, almost like is, Tarzan. Very it, Tarzan. It was weird though, yeah. The George of the Jungle Tarzan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, uh, that part I thought was weird, it but was. I ended up, like I said, I ended up liking the kid. Um, yeah. And he was, he was, I think part of the reason why he was in this movie is to give humanity to the people of Pandora. Yes. Because in the first movie, Jake was back and forth from being human to being yeah. the Avatar. And this, there's none of that. And the kid from uh, Grandma's House or whatever that Adam Sandler movie is. Yes, Grandma's um, Boy. I thought he was, Grandma's Boy. I thought he was underused because I love that actor a lot, and he was only in a few scenes. I think he's gonna. Pl- I think he's gonna play out better in the sequel. And I, my speculation is he's the Probably. father. I think he's the father of the girl. But we'll get into that. You think later so? Down. Okay. I think yeah, so. Awesome. Um, uh, what else am I forgetting? They go. So they they end up getting they end up getting attacked. This avatar this avatar army group come in, attack Jake Sully the family. So they end up running. They end up going to another tribe far, far, far away of water, water avatar, water avatar people, Navi people, yeah. and uh, yeah, they have they have the wider tails. They have the fins on the hands, fins on the feet. They're they're more they're more swim capable. They know how to breathe, not breathe underwater, but they know how to control their breath underwater better, so they can stay underneath underground. I will say the water scenes in this are really really good. Underwater scenes are fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, there's nothing uh, about this movie that looks bad. Nothing about this movie looks bad. Everything looks yeah. phenomenal. Um, the one thing I wanted to bring up, I, I just remembered, the new language created for this. There's an underwater language where they have to communicate with each other. There was an, there was a, there was a death man who came in and created a a Navi language, a Navi sign language for underwater, which is really cool. Okay. Um, I, I saw. I cool. saw he was on. He was on the. He was on the red carpet. carpet. I saw him talking about it. Oh, nice! All right, but, speaking yeah. of the red carpet, James Cameron got COVID. Couldn't make the premiere of a movie oh he's worked God. on for thirteen years. Holy shit! <laughs> you heard about That's that, right? Crazy. No, I didn't hear about it. 
<laughs> he didn't. Yeah, he literally couldn't make the premiere, which is why you don't see him in any premiere photos because he got COVID because he was in China promoting the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, um, besides that, I mean, the story left off with a couple of big cliffhangers at the end. The other thing was uh, family. Jake's family. There's a lot of family dynamic, and at the end, um, yes, one of the yes, the family- one son that's a warrior, one son that's. Kind of looked at as the disappointment. Wants to be, wants to be the warrior. His daughter up, and then the adopted daughter, to, yeah. Wants to live up to his yeah. father. Um, but the yep. warrior's son ends up being killed. He ends up getting shot, killed, dies. Yeah. And um, like you mentioned with Zoe Saldana, there's a very cool grief scene. I don't know if you want to consider it grief, uh, cool, but there's a grief scene where she's like, I'll take your son for my son. She puts the blade up to uh, the colonel's son that he left on the planet yep. that was adopted. Um, and he only a, died because he went back for that kid. Too. Yeah. That's the other thing is he only died because he was like, I have to save whatever his name was, Scallywag or whatever. What is it? Willow? <laughs> That's what, what it is. It's Scallywag. <laughs> okay. I like it. It's Scallywag. <laughs> forever name. Your forever name is going to be Scallywag. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, he, he there, there's a big thing and, and, uh, and he ends up, he ends up, uh, not, he ends up. He ends up. The colonel ends up, fucking caring about the son. He's like, "Oh, I don't care about you. I'm not really him. I'm the avatar. I'm. I'm not really your father." But but she, if you have the memories of him, that, then obviously yeah. you're Genu. So yeah. I I like that little twist on it. Like I said, everything about the last hour of the movie, I absolutely loved. And, and everything about the last hour, and it was leading up was, to it. That was just kind of. And when the colonel was when the colonel was at, at his at the end at the end of his life, the son saves him, puts him on an island far away, and right. uh, the son the son regroups back with Jake Sully and the family. They have no idea that he saved him. They think he's dead. He drowned under in the water, but he ends up saving him and yep. sets up a sequel where he's going to have revenge on the whole entire Jake that, Sully family. That scene where he was like where. Um... Ant-Man was, like, talking about, um, well, you're going to take your family back, and I'm still going to be here. And then he, then Sam Worthington's like, well, let me do something about that, or whatever he says, the line where he jumps back, he just starts fighting him again. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very reminiscent to Terminator Salvation, yep. where they were like, John Connor's dead, you can't save him. And he rips the thing out of the back of his head, and he's like, well, watch me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love little heroism stuff like that in movies. Hits me in the feels, but yeah, that's where the movie left off. Um, they end up they end up saying that they're going to go back to their tree their tree world their tree uh, their tree of wherever they came from. They're going to leave the way of water, but then they end up the they end up saying area. yeah the yeah. forest area. But they end up saying you're you're now one of us. The water people say you're now one of us. So that's pretty much where the movie yeah. left off. No after credit scene. No, and sets up yep. a sequel with a whole bunch of different plot points set up there. Um, who is and- the do- where is the where is the daughter come from? Who is the father? Where is Sigourney is Sigourney Weaver's character going to be put back into the Avatar? Um, is Stephen Lang going to go fight Jake Sully again wherever he goes next? I mean, where are you going to go from water? Where are you going to go from trees? You're going to go I don't know mountains. Yep. Um, there's mention that he has um basically like a Mario game. He has like a snowland. With like mountains and stuff that's okay. covered in snow, and he also has a fire area. That's what I heard about and the fire. Then the, and then the last movie would be Earth. Okay. 
I would think. Um, so very... I think that's where, if we get five, and if we're still alive when the fifth one comes out, I believe the fifth one if will be on Earth. If he's still alive. James Cameron may not be alive by the time the fifth one comes out. Well, I mean, if like I said, if we're still alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, James Cameron wants to take on Prentice to help him finish these movies. He did George say... George R. R. Martin, take note. He did say that... Yeah, I know. He did say that he wanted... that Now that the technology... It took him this long to get the technology right. That he should be able to get yeah. these movies out over two or three years with no problem. And like I said, the according to Sam Worthington... The third one's about 85% done. Yeah, that's what I heard. And they just have to film the last of it. Um, So we could be seeing one in two years. Yeah. Uh, Especially now that the technology is there, you should be able to do the post-production much quicker. Um, They probably didn't start filming this till The original release date was going against The Last Jedi. Wow. Of Avatar 2. So they they probably filmed this in like 2015. And they probably filmed the third one in 2018, I'm wow. guessing. And he just wanted the technology right before he released it. And plus now, it's literally Avatar now, and there's nothing to compete against it until Quantumania, I think, in February. Yeah. yeah. So it actually worked out perfect for him. Yeah. It would have been tough for them going against Star Wars. Yeah. So let's give our review. Let's give our number. I've already mentioned that I liked Avatar 1 more than 2. Um, for me, it's not rewatchable because of the middle part. And like you mentioned, if if I could go back and watch the ending by itself and the beginning by itself, I would do that. But why the fuck would I do that for a movie like this? I, if I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch it all. It's how I work with movies. Um, not as good as the first one. Not rewatchable for me. I'm gonna say a two and a half. I was not a fan. Two and a half. Wow. It was probably hovering around a three until that last act for me. But it. I got so much joy in watching the way that he filmed the action scenes with cartoon people. I'm giving it a four. I enjoyed it overall more than the first one. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I would watch like there's multiple scenes in a lot of movies that I'll just like go on YouTube and watch. And the last hour, this is something I'll put in when I get the 4k disc and, and watch that last hour. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, four. Yeah, I think we. T- I think we. Uh, I think we pretty much talked thoroughly about that. So, so yeah, that's Avatar. That's Avatar: Way of Water, and that's our show. Next week, we're going to cover the 2022 year in review. Um, I want to try to watch the Wednesday series, at least a couple of episodes of that. It's on Netflix, and I'm also the uh, National Treasure series. I got to watch Fablemans. Yeah, that came I gotta out watch too. Fablemans. I got to watch Bones and all. Yeah. I got to watch a lot of stuff. The uh, National Treasure lot, series. This is this is early for a 2022 recap. Half the movies aren't available for <coughs> free until after the first of the year. So, um, well, uh, it'll be tough for me the other, because I may yeah. have to change my list around Oscar time. Uh, maybe we'll do another like little mini segment about it. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I pretty much have my top movies of the year okay. down. So. Um, there's some stuff I haven't seen. I haven't seen Bullet Train, which I want to see. Um, maybe I'll watch good that movie. this week. Yep. I enjoyed it. It's right. uh, Yeah, it's good. You'll like it. But yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, I am going to play the Adam Sandler song I talked about at the end. Um, so uh, if you want to cut out early, you can. But uh, <laughs> it's about four minutes long. But um, So thanks, everybody, for listening. Almost two hours again this week. <laughs> so we'll talk to everybody next week. Peace. Later.
first time I saw me was sweeter than honey. Plaid jacket and belt too tight, and he wasn't even being funny. Then he cartwheeled around the room and slow danced with a cleaning lady. He was a one-man party. You know I'm talking about, I'm talking about my friend Chris Farley. Whether you was the bumblebee girl or living in a van down by the river. <laughs> he loved the bears and did good dance at Chippendales with Swayze. When they replaced his coffee with Folgers, he went full on crazy. The sexiest gap girl and me loaf in the band. Without him, there'd be no lunch lady in lunch lady land. You know I'm thinking about, thinking about my boy Chris Farley. After a show, he'd drink a quart of Jack Daniels Then stick the bottle right up his ass <laughs> But hungover as hell, that Catholic boy Always showed up to morning man We'd tell him, slow down, you'll end up like Belushi and Candy he said, those guys are my heroes, that's all fine and dandy I ain't making that stuff up, that's the truth about my boy Chris Farley Saw him in the office crying with his headphones on Listening to a Casey and the Sunshine Band song I said, buddy, how the hell is that making you so sad? Then he laughed and said, just thinking about my dad The last big hang we had was at Timmy Meadows' wedding party We laughed all night long, all because of Farley But a few months later the party came to an end We flew out to Madison to bury our friend Nothing was harder than saying goodbye Except watching Chris's father have his turn to cry Hey buddy, last moved on, but you still bring us so much joy. Make my kids laugh with your YouTube clips, oh Tommy boy. Yeah. <laughs> and when they ask me who's the funniest guy I ever knew, I tell them hands down without a doubt it's you. Yeah, I miss hanging out, watching you try to get laid. But most of all, I miss watching you torture Spade. You're a legend like you wanted, but I still wish you were here with me. And we were getting on a plane to go shoot Grown Ups 3. Yeah, life ain't the same without you, boy. And that's what I'm singing about. I'm singing about my boy Chris Farley. And if we make enough noise, maybe he'll hear us.
Give it up for the great Chris Farley.